welcome to the Women With Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you, and welcome back to the Women With Fire podcast. It's a big day today. We've got someone that you know, and that has been our most requested interview since we started the podcast. So things are happening here, people, for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. I've been watching the podcast forever and thinking, oh, I wish I was going to be on there one time. So that's a, that's a good sign, right? What? So I should have been Getsy earlier is what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. I should have. I should have. If you don't recognize her voice, oh my goodness, she's going to become a strong voice for good in your life. This is Emily Freeman. Emily, I'm so glad you're here. Well, thanks for having me. And if we're going to get really technical with her, the way I will just share my own personal connection to her, she has impacted my family's life through not only her love of the scriptures and helping us dig deep, but also she's got these fabulous books about how to have a more Christ-centered Easter and a more Christ-centered Christmas. I have both of those books, and I live in Louisiana with not a lot of members of the church, and our whole neighborhood members and non-members alike all follow the pattern of your Christ-centered Christmas and Christ-centered Easter books. And it's the coolest, Emily. Oh, that is so awesome. That's so fun. <laughs> it is so fun. So she really, um, if you want to know a little bit about her, she's an author. She's a timeout for women speaker. She's a blogger. You're part of this incredible organization, Multiply Goodness, that is just taking the world by storm in all the right ways. But one of the things that I love that you say is that you are just determined to not necessarily blog about your day to day, but to blog about him, the savior. Yes. That is your goal. And I think you are doing it. I think you you. are doing it. I have seen all these questions come in and I think, man, Emily Freeman has got this really, really happening that everyone knows where your focus is. So that's so kind. Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and dive straight in to how all of this happened with Multiply Goodness and your blog and like, what is your world doing right now? (laughs) Yes. Okay. My world is crazy right now, everyone. That is true. You are everywhere. We are, we're everywhere. And let me just start out by saying I have five kids who I love and we've got one in Omaha at medical school. And then I've got a boy who lives in Denver that plays for the Broncos. And then we've got a son who lives here, who's an accountant in Utah. And then my daughter, who's a special ed teacher in Utah. And then I have a little one who's 19 serving a mission in Sacramento. So that's our baby. That's our youngest. And in the past couple of weeks, um, the boy from Denver and his family came home and their two-year-old had his tonsils out. And then the mom went into labor and delivered their baby emergency C-section four days later. So we have been just crazy over here doing tonsils and newborn babies. And there's probably a lot of people who can relate to that. So 
I've hidden all the markers in the house and we've, yes. we've toddler proofed the whole house and they'll be here for a couple more weeks. And so I feel like right now I'm back in early mom age and doing all those things that you do with that. And, and as I've been doing that and holding babies on the couch and holding babies through the night, it's reminded me just how important those years are and how sweet they are. We forget how sweet those holding baby moments are. And so in the midst of all my crazy, I've had these two months to just sit and hold babies and um, take care of sick kids. And just remember they slow you down. You know, they, they, they bring just a, a rest and a peace, even though you think you're going crazy, that holding those babies on the couch just reminds you um, of the importance of family. And so family is my number one. If my kids ever call and say, can you come? I, I will go in a heartbeat. I love being where they are. I love doing what they're doing. And um, family for me is, is first and number one. But I also have had opportunities to do a lot of writing, which I love to do. I'm currently in the process of writing two books for Deseret Book. And so- um, can, you, can you give us info or is it under yeah. Yes. No. One I've been working on for quite some time. It's a book on grace. It's going to be oh, called wow. Grace Where You Are. And just talking about how present grace is in our life. And sometimes we don't know what it is and we don't know how to access it. And we don't, we don't know, know where it, it comes from and we don't know what it feels like. And so I just want to go to the bare basics of this gift that comes from Christ and has the power to strengthen us and enable us and heal us and deliver us and rescue us and all of the things, those blessings that come into our life through grace. So wow. we're on that. And then at the same time, we do, I don't know, are you familiar with the videos that we do on Sundays, the Come oh, Follow yes. videos? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, the Don't Miss This videos. And so Desert Book reached out and asked if we would do a Don't Miss This series for next year with the Book of Mormon. So we're currently in the process of writing what will be our favorite scripture from every chapter, the, the one you don't want to miss from every chapter. So we're in Fantastic. the midst of doing that at the same time, which has been amazing. So, so it will be in book form? Yep. And it will be in book form. It will be in book form. Oh my word. Yep. So oh, both of those books I'm working on. And then speaking at Time Out and wherever else people call me to go. So that's been so fun. And then Multiply Goodness. Um, for those who don't know, I am really passionate about building bridges with other Christians who believe in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I've got a group of ladies that I work with and we do Bible studies that just help you to have conversations with your neighbors who believe in Jesus and who read the Bible. And my whole life, I've wanted to be able to have conversations with those neighbors, but I'm never sure the right way to like enter into that conversation yes. and, and also how to get out of it. Right. You just, you're not <laughs> sure. How, like, what are you supposed to do with that conversation? Yeah. And how to it, get out of it. I love that. This love is that. making a, making it approachable. It's just an easy way to get together once a week with your neighbors and study the Bible and then go home and do what you do every single day. And we're hearing a lot from people who live 
um, outside of Utah like you do that are inviting their neighbors over. But within Utah, also a lot of women who are like, we just don't know the Bible. We've never studied the Bible. And so there's a lot of just fully Latter-day Saint small groups who are studying together just because they want to have a better understanding of scripture. So that's been really sweet and really fun to watch these women that are gathering. They're just hungry for more scripture in their life. And we wondered when come follow me came out, if what would happen if people would be like, no, now I'm doing come follow me with my family. But it's been interesting because women are doing the come follow me with their family on Sundays and maybe through the nights during the week. But um, we're hearing from a lot of women that are like, this is the study we do with our friends instead of book club or instead of going out to lunch, we're creating friendships with women based on scripture. And that's kind of what multiply goodness is doing for people is allowing women to build friendship through scripture and Um, So we're creating those study guides and we're actually right now just working on a huge, I don't know if you want to call it a conference or just a gathering that will take place August 17th in Utah. You might want to come. It Um, is so awesome. Um, We're calling it the Jubilee and we're bringing in some Christian speakers and then we'll obviously have Latter-day Saints speakers and we're just gathering women and there will be, um, it's all going to be under white tents. It's all outside and, um, workshops and meeting people. And then um, that evening there will be an event. So we're way excited about that. And is this, when you say we, are you saying multiply goodness is doing this? Yeah. Multiply goodness is doing it. And, um, the small seed in the faith collective are going to join us. And so we're all just linking arms and saying, bring all the women in your life and let's get together and just celebrate women of faith, but then also just gather together for strength. So it's something we hope to do once a year in August of every year. And so we're working towards that right now. This is so brilliant. And I have to say that everything that you're doing at Multiply Goodness is so dear to my heart because Bible study is a big deal where I live. Yes. Big deal. And it never existed in the Latter-day Saint sector. I attended Bible study at a, at a local church, not, yes. not Latter-day Saint. And I just think, oh my goodness, this is something we are missing. Yes. We are missing this community because it really is a relationship building kind of experience. And what I love about what you are creating is, you know, you jokingly say, how do I make this conversation happen with a neighbor and, and make this make sense that you really have taken a lot of the guesswork out of talking about the Savior with someone who also believes in the Savior, but for some yes. reason we've put a formality to missionary right. work sometimes. And you are kind of breaking that wall down and saying, this can happen naturally. And you could actually become yes. really good friends because of it. Well, and that's what I tell people. You think you are good friends with the people you walk with or the people you go to lunch with, but As Latter-day Saints, we really are missing the connection that comes from women you study scripture with. Yes. We just don't have relationships like that. And those are some of my sweetest friendships because we're going to that deep place, right? We're going into intimate places and we're talking about scripture and those friendships that are built on studying scripture every week, those are powerful friendships. You know, you've experienced that. Oh, and it's just lifelong. It mm-hmm. is just lifelong. Talk about changing the world from the inside out. 
you want to be connected with your neighbors with the savior and with the scriptures. I mean, that's where it happens, right? Yeah. That's the magic. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Really good. I love this. And let me take advantage of this space because we asked our listeners, we, we kind of did a spoiler alert and I said, <laughs> I am interviewing Emily Freeman people. It is happening. <laughs> we are listening to you. We're going to have her on the podcast and we just got so many questions and you know what many of them were centered on? What? These are young moms who feel like they are so tired and cannot find six minutes to themselves and they don't know how to dive into the scriptures. And they want to know from you. They, they know you as a scriptorian, a powerful woman scriptorian that is so amazing and the good that you are doing. And they know that it's centered around your scripture study and your study of the savior, but they feel like there is no space for it with what they're doing. And I know you understand that period yes. of life with your five kids. What is your message to them? Okay. So, and I would say it's so close to my heart right now because I'm living it, right? Yes. How ironic. And this three week old, and um, we are living that at our house right now. And it really is crazy. It, when you are caring for other people, it is a 24 hour job. It just, it does not stop. I thought I was exhausted before they came. And now I'm realizing this whole new level of like, sometimes at four 30 in the afternoon, I'm like, I just want to go in my bedroom and have a bath, which I don't <laughs> usually take a bath at four 30 in the afternoon. But I, my body is like feeling that need for just like alone time. And you don't have alone time. That is so true. And I I'm remembering it as I'm living it right now. Let me start by saying this too. It's interesting because a lot of times when you call someone a scriptorian, you're talking to someone who's a BYU professor, whether it's a man or a woman, or it's someone who's graduated in religion. I'm neither of those things. Um, in fact, I didn't even graduate from college. I was going to college in English and um, my last semester got a job offer from someone that was really good money. I was pregnant with my first baby and I was like, I think I know everything I need to know. I didn't um, know this about you. Yes. And so I stopped school and I just started working and turns out that I, I think at that time in my life, I did know everything I needed to know. And what yes. I needed to do then was the job that I took and, and then raise my babies. Yes. But the, what the knowledge I have from the scriptures is seriously has come from what I have invested in the scriptures in the walls of my own home. And I look, I think about all these moms that you're talking about. And I think, you know what, every one of these moms, they can do the same thing I did because what I learned, I learned with all these kids running around my feet and that's so where my knowledge came start from. when you were a young mom. This wasn't yes. like a, oh, my kids are out of the house. Let's crack open the Bible. Let's, yes, no. let's do this. It's when I was the mom that all those girls are that you said wrote you. Um, I can remember when my kids were that little thinking. I listened to someone teach, and I thought to myself, I want to know the scriptures the same way they know the scriptures. And so I made a habit of going up to someone, anyone I admired who spoke ever, whether it was women's conference or education week, or um, if it was someone who came to our award relief society function. Um, and I would go up and say to them, 
tell me your two or three favorite books that you feel like you have learned the most from about the scriptures. And I would just keep a running list of these are books I need to buy. And I still do that even now. If I hear someone speak that I admire their knowledge of the scriptures, I will go up and ask, what's, what's your best scripture resource? What would you say your best is? And I actually have a collection I keep in my bedroom on a dresser. It is huge. You can't even see the top of the dresser. It's just books. And it's all the books I want to read. And I like to take 20 minutes every night to just invest in what I call my education. Yes. Um, it's, it's the college education I never got is these books that I just keep and I'll get in them and I'll read what other people have read that have made them good at understanding the scriptures. So that's one of the things that I do. So um, can I interrupt you and be rude? Yes. Because I want to ask a question, because I know our listeners would ask this. So they yes. would say, wait a minute, Emily, you don't just open your scriptures and read over and over and over and over. You are a resource woman. Yes. Um, so I'm both, because I'm gonna. the second place I'm going to go is what you okay. just said. Segway, but, um, go. First place is this, finding these books. And, and they're probably your, your women are going to be like, well, what books should we get, right? Will so you take a we, picture for us? I know I should. I actually, yes, I will. I'll take okay, a picture. Perfect. Can we'll put it on Instagram. Yep. Um, and um, let me say this about the books. I ask the people who I admire how they teach. And so the books that I have are coming from people I admire. Yeah. And, and we don't all admire the same teaching style. And so although these are the books I'm loving right now, you, whoever's listening, you need to find your people. And that you love, love how they read scripture or teach scripture and ask them, DM people on Instagram, or if you hear someone speak, just be brave enough to say, tell me um, your favorite resource or your favorite book. I will tell you mine because people might want to know that I have an app on my phone. It's called the Strong's, um, let me tell you exactly what it's called in case yes. people want to go it. It's the Strong's Concordance. The reason why I like it is it comes out of the King James version of the Bible. And so the the scriptures match our scriptures. And when you go to a verse in there, you just look up any verse like you would in our scriptures. All the words are in blue. Um, They look like this. And any word I click on that is in blue will give me the Greek translation or the Hebrew translation of that word everything that word might mean then. So when I'm reading it, I'm like, Oh, that is so interesting because I didn't realize that the word virtue could also mean strength. And now when I think about the woman who touched Christ's robe and the virtue was gone out of him. And I realized that virtue also means strength. That It was strength that went out of him. Then I realized that was a moment of grace right? What that woman was asking for from, from the Lord. It actually isn't. I was just thinking to myself, I should have wrote that in the book. That, yeah. um, Can we that add thought, that? <laughs> um, that it just helps to know more words. So I always keep that Strong's Concordance with me. I love going to it. It's one of my favorite resources and it's simple. It's just an app on my phone. But And you just, do share a lot of insights regarding words. Because I love words. I love words. Um, love. So that's just one simple one. And then I'll send you a picture and people can look at the books, but, um, that's one way to be learning. 
the other way is real life to get in the scriptures. And that's what I found at the very beginning um, was just daring to get in to the scriptures. I remember one time we were reading the Book of Mormon with my ward and the people who had put the reading list together had to skip second Nephi because they were worried we'd be intimidated by the Isaiah chapters. And for some sure. reason, as soon as someone told me I wasn't going to be able to understand the Isaiah chapters, I just, I have this competitive spirit. And so I was like, I'm reading those. I'm going to read those and I'm going to get something out of them. Um, because just because people think I can't, you know, right. And I think Lit a fire. sometimes how this how the scriptures are that we're like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to understand it. So I'm not even going to try. And I'm going to tell you, you can. And the reason why you can is that every one of us has been promised by our father that through the spirit, the scriptures will speak to us in our own language. And it's true. It's true for everyone who's listening. It's the promise that God gave me and he gave you and the spirit knows how you understand and it knows how I understand and it will translate the scriptures for us the way we understand. So that's even a promise. Isaiah. Even Isaiah. And it is true. It will happen. Um, so that. go into the scriptures brave because with the spirit, they're going to be opened up um, to each one of us. And I love the promise of that. I read differently, different scriptures. So maybe I'll just tell you some of my tricks for each. Yes. If you're wanting to learn how to read scripture, well, you should start with the New Testament. You should start with the gospels. Why? Reason why is it's story-based. We can put ourselves into the story and we actually see exactly how the savior works in person. We can see it. So the same way he works in person in the New Testament is how he's going to work in the Old Testament and the Doctrine and Covenants and the Book of Mormon. He's going to be the same everywhere. But we get to have this visual experience of actually watching how he worked when he was on earth. And that same, those same characters and attributes are going to work from heaven. And they're going to be easier to recognize when we see how they worked on earth. So I say, start with the New Testament and get to know how Jesus works. How did he answer people? When he talked to people, the way those answers came a lot of time in question is going to be how he responds in prayer, right? It's just going to be the same relationship. And so if we can understand him in the New Testament, it's going to be easier to understand him through all scripture. So I would start there. The second thing I tell people is put yourself in the story, become someone, choose anyone that you want to be. Yesterday with my Bible study ladies, we were talking about the woman with the alabaster box and we a little bit talked about this, that sometimes I'm the woman with the alabaster box and sometimes I'm Simon the leper who's watching and sometimes I'm just a person in the room, but experience the story as if you were everyone. And my thought always is, what would I have learned as I listened? What would I have felt in that situation? What would I have noticed as I watched what was going on? A lot of lessons come when we put ourselves into the story. Wow, That works really well for all of the New Testament and all of the Book of Mormon. 
because it's story-based scripture. So just putting yourself into scripture and experiencing it and seeing what would I have learned if I had been there um, will open up things you've never noticed before. I'm and, spellbound. I'm, no, okay. I rarely am tongue-tied, but I'm like sitting here going, whoa. <laughs> well, good. And I'm going to give you <laughs> one more hint and Please. then maybe that will be enough. The other thing that I'd love to do in Isaiah or the Old Testament, not the story parts of the Old Testament, the story parts of the Old Testament you do just like I told you, but the parts that you get into that feels like a lot of words that we don't really know what to do with. The Doctrine and Covenants can sometimes be like this. It's not as much story-based. It's just yes. a lot of instruction. There are a couple things I look for when I'm in Isaiah or in scriptures like that. One is anytime I see a testimony of Jesus, um, I mark that. So Isaiah is full of testimonies of Jesus. So is the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, and we see the same thing in the Old Testament. Anything you can learn about the character or attributes of the Lord, I watch for. Anything that is a description of the Lord um, would build my testimony of the Lord that becomes understanding. I look for that. And the last thing I do when I get in scripture is I look for power phrases or Twitter worthy phrases. It's those, it's just those little sentences that you're like, oh, I love the sound of that, right? Mm. That those five words together or those seven words together, there is just something about the way those words were crafted. They become power phrases. That's what I call them. Power. And I will generally write power phrases all over my house. At any given time, there will be a phrase that is a standout to me that I'm like, I just need to think about that for several days. So right now for me, the phrase that I'm thinking about actually comes from the Book of Mormon and it's the scripture and I don't remember exactly where it is, but it tells us um, that God knows everything and there's not anything unless he already knows it and he's preparing a way for us to accomplish that thing already. And in my mind, I just keep telling myself that God knows everything and there isn't anything that he doesn't already know. Wow. Um, that's powerful to me. And I just, I keep repeating it. I want to remember that about the Lord, that that's that, who he that is. That keeps your scripture study kind of alive as you're doing stuff and yep. in and out and that kind of a thing. That's how you keep it living and breathing. Yeah. So that's kind of a, uh, I mean, that's really diving into the scriptures. For the moms who have little kids, let me just give you one hint that actually is, is what helped me with the scriptures um, at that age. And it's something I still do now, even though no one's at home. I would start my scripture study in the morning, which means I would get up with the intention of reading my scriptures. Usually what would happen is my kids would why do they hear you stirring? I don't know. I, know. I would be so quiet. Um, and <laughs> I would get one or two verses in and then someone would need me. And so what became my rule of thumb is I would leave my scriptures open. I still do that. So wherever I start, I leave my scriptures open and I carry them with me from room to room. So if I start a verse in my bedroom and then I moved to the kitchen for breakfast, I would bring my scriptures with me and just put them on the counter and I would make breakfast and do everything that you do. But if there was a moment of pause when people were putting waffles in their mouth, I would go back and read the next <laughs> verse, right? Let me just get the next verse. The visual. In. I'm like and a character would, in your story. <laughs> yep. And then I would move to the laundry and my scriptures would come to my bed and I would be folding and I would be like, let me just get one more verse. And throughout the day, I would average three to five verses. That's all. 
And my scriptures, you could tell where I was last because my scriptures would be open, you know, in that room. But just because they were open, they were so much easier to go back to and just find that one verse. And so for young moms, I would say, leave your scriptures open wherever you are, obviously up high because (laughs) your, your kids will write in them. My scriptures have little pen marks from when my kids found my scriptures. That's okay. And probably Um, some waffle syrup. Yeah. And waffle syrup and some pages stick together. And I decided long ago, my scriptures are for me. No one else is going to see them. I mark however I want. I use whatever color pen I want. They're not pretty. I would never put them on Instagram for someone to think how nice I mark my scriptures, but, um, but they're mine. There's ripped pages, there's tape, there's, you know, I live in them. So they look like I live in them and that's okay. Mark up your scriptures, make them your own. They don't have to be pretty. Um, They just have to be yours. Oh, I love this. And I've got to tell you two things about you leaving your scriptures open. The first is I have three sisters. I am the third of four. Mm -hmm. And when I texted them saying, I'm interviewing Emily, we all know her. (laughs) If you have any questions for her, what would you say? I had one sister, my sister, Becca, who said, she changed my life when she told me she left her scriptures open. As oh, that is so cute. So she has, she has five kids. She has remembered that. And that has been a practice you have brought into her life. Oh, that is awesome. So there's at least one person that's doing okay, that. Good. <laughs> you made it. You made and it really it. does work. I don't know why, but it does. It just, it works. She is a mega scripture reader. And I think that now that her kids are again growing and now in school, that yeah. that was such a foundational thing for her. Let's just take a little break because we want to give you access to our most requested bonus episodes straight to your inbox. We have never shared these episodes before digitally. Michelle's famous talk, God is speaking to you. Do you hear him? And guess what? You also get Sarah's crucial talk called Satan is at the White. I'm just telling you, these are very good. (laughs) They are huge resources to give you a vision and confidence in making decisions with the Lord, which is what we're trying to do, right? Grab the bonus episodes now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Now, back to the podcast. And the second thing that I'm, that I would love to know is be really honest with us. How has your devotion to the scriptures impacted your kids? Okay. That is such an interesting question. So I do love my scriptures and let me just say, so people know some days are three verse days and some days are um, chapter days. And it, it really just depends on the day. So I don't want anyone to think I'm in my scriptures for two hours, just marking everything in red. Some days are a three verse day. That's just true. But I am in my scriptures every day. And, and this is an interesting thing, but true about me. My scriptures call to me. They beckon me back. Like I miss not being in my scriptures. If I'm not there, there is a comfort that comes to me almost like a security blanket type of comfort of, I just need to hear the words. It brings me peace. I don't even need always been that way. 
I don't develop think that? so. I don't think it always was, but it is now. It's cool. there is just something about a reliance that comes as we get into the scriptures. And so my kids did grow up watching me read my scriptures personally. That is true about our growing up. And I will never forget the first time that I realized that was happening was when my, um, I had a 10 year old when it was when Grace was 10 and she came up and said she wanted to read her scriptures. Like I read my scriptures. And so where should she start? And my first thought was the Book of Mormon because it's our go-to scripture. Yes, that's but what I would have said. But the spirit prompted what I told you earlier that she will like the New Testament best. And so I told her, read, you'll love the stories of Jesus. That's what you should read. And I will have impressed in my mind for the rest of my life, going down to her room and tucking her in every night and her reading the New Testament all by herself. She didn't want help. I offered help, old. but she was like, I want to do it like you do it. Mom, that's what I want to do. I want to do it like you do. And so the first book Grace read all the way through was the New Testament, which I think is the cutest thing um, because she wanted to try it. And so I think our kids do learn from watching us. And I talk about the scriptures all the time. My kids know that I do. I'm careful about it because I know I love the scriptures. Like I overly love the scriptures. <laughs> and so... Um, I, I generally will ask my kids, I will just say to them, I, do you mind if I tell you about whatever? And they never do. I mean, they always are happy for me to jump right in um, to wherever ever it is, but I know I'm weird in that way. And, so, <laughs> and they know I am too. And so it's just an understanding that we've developed over time. All families are weird. Yes. That's yep. great. And so I always say, do you care if I pull out my scriptures? And then they're generous about letting me get in there and um, they listen to me. Um, I can tell sometimes when they're like, oh, well, that's interesting. I'm not doing that. Or times when they'll be like, okay, mom, tell me more about, I don't, I want to know more about why that happened. And I think we just let our kids grow at their own pace. Sometimes they're going to love what we've learned and sometimes they, they're just not going to care. And that's fine. You're chill that way. Yes. You're not going to force it. I learned at my own pace and I figured they're going to learn at theirs. Wow. Wow. Can I spring another reader question on you? Yes. Okay. And I have to, you're going to hear some clicking because I, I literally want to read it word for word. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, from Facebook. So welcome the clicking. Here we go. Okay. This is from Cindy. Cindy says, how does she come up with such good questions? Her questions open up my heart so that God can enter. I try to start scripture study with a daily question, but hers are so good. Well, that is so kind. Um, and a great question. especially kind also because I work on questions. Like that <gasps> is something okay. that I work on. So this is probably good for everyone to know. Questions are hard. Um, I took a class. I teach seminary. So we had an in-service class where the entire class was on asking questions. And the teacher who was teaching us told us, when you are preparing a lesson, you should spend as much time on the material as you do on the questions, equal time. Wow. 
Isn't that crazy to think about that? Um, Which made me realize the value of questions. A really good resource would actually be to go on the, our LDS library app. And there you can actually download the seminary teacher manual Mm. on that app. And, and anyone can, who wants to, you don't have to be a seminary teacher. So to go in and find that seminary teaching manual and download it. And there is a whole section on asking questions. So if somebody wants to become better at that, um, I would just go in there and look for the chapter that's on asking questions and just read that. But also for me, another thing that I do, if it feels overwhelming to use technology, then no worries. That is me. Technology is super (laughs) overwhelming for me. Go in the New Testament and start looking at all the questions Jesus asked. I was just going to watch for those because um, the questions he asks, there is a pattern there and they're always very introspective. They always invite growth. They invite you to do something. If the, if Jesus asks you a question, it's going to require you to actually act, right? So I think we, we look at that and say, okay, how did his questions motivate change or action? And then how can ours do that same Fantastic. thing? Yes. Oh, Cindy's going to love that. And I, I love that. I love that as well. Okay. Here is one from Shelly. She said, first, I've been tempted to go find her so I can thank her for all she's done. That's oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Um, and you have answered a lot of this. She said she clearly has such an enthusiasm and love of the gospel. Has she ever had kids, teens, or young adults that just aren't interested? Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. And How do you approach this it? What, this is what I'm going to say. Kids learn in different ways at different times. It is true. So all of my kids have been so different. Like I have Grace who wanted to read the New Testament when she was 10 years old. Yes. I have another daughter who has never read through an entire book of scripture ever. It just, it's not how she reads. She doesn't do, she doesn't read any books. That's not her personality. So to ask her to read the book of Mormon all the way through, it's just not a realistic expectation for her. Um, She has favorite verses. Mm. She doesn't have a favorite book or a favorite chapter. Um, because that's not how she engages. And I think one of the things that we have to remember is we all learn at our own pace and we all have our own um, way of engaging. And the spirit knows that. That is true about the spirit. God knows everything. Yes, he knows everything. And so um, what I learned is if I would go to the spirit and say, what's this child capable of, of doing and engaging? I think sometimes when we set what the expectation should be for that child and it overwhelms that child, their first response is to unengage completely because they're not going to be able to please us or to, to make us happy in what we're asking. Mm -hmm. And so I think for us to say that, how would you like to engage with scripture? I know it will bless your life. How would you like to engage with scripture? And let me just give you a couple ideas of maybe what that looks like. So we've had, um, besides our own kids, and, and you remember, I don't know if you know, but one of our kids came into our home when he was 18 after serving time in jail yes. and, and not going to church on a regular basis. So we have had that struggle of how do you help someone who wants nothing to do with church 
engage in church? What does that look like? And for me, watching that process has looked like this. I think the first thing you do is meet that child where they are and they get to say where they are. And it might be someone who's like, I don't pray right now. I'm not, I don't want to read the scriptures. Why would I read the scriptures? I'm not even praying. I don't go to church, right? Those type of things. Um, you have to meet them where they are in what do you need from God right now? What does that look like? I've, I've seen how blessings come through God. What do you need from God? And then let's figure out how to help you get that at your pace, whatever that looks like. We had one boy who came over every single day to our house for dinner. And when we would pull out the scriptures, he would immediately go home. He was not comfortable. It didn't feel good to him to have scripture study. He didn't want to do that. Mm. And I can remember one night he was, we, we were hurrying and we all ate fast and he wasn't done eating. And we were going to start scriptures because we were getting somewhere. And I had said to him, you know, you don't have to come over here and hold a, a Bible. You can just sit over there and finish eating. It's not, we won't, we're not going to scare you um, by reading the scriptures. And so he sat over there and finished eating and we had scripture time together. Well, it was interesting because for some reason, giving him permission to sit with us and not have to hold scripture or read scripture actually was all the invitation he needed to, he started staying. He would stay. He, he even like came from the kitchen into the family room and he'd sit on the couch all curled up. He, he didn't want to participate, but he just, he liked being with us. And if he knew we weren't going to make him talk or read, then it was a safe place for him. And he would sit there and um, he did that for a long time. And then one day he came over with a set of scriptures in his hand, which I didn't acknowledge. Um, I, I mean, I noticed right when he walked in, but I wasn't like, oh, I just was like, hmm, you know, and he, and he brought him over and he opened up where we were and he, he didn't read and he didn't talk, but it, I just, he just engaged at his own pace of what he wanted. So I think sometimes being given permission to be in the room and not have to hold the scriptures goes a long way. Um, I had a mom tell us that they had tried to do come follow me and they have a son who doesn't go to church and didn't really want to be involved. But he, same thing happened. He was in the kitchen when she was listening to us and preparing what she was going to do. And he walked out and just said to her, Hey, are you playing? Are you playing that at come follow me? And she was like, yes. And he was like, cause I, I just want to hear the end. So just yell to me when it's going to be the end. And um, she was like, he doesn't, he doesn't engage. He lays on the couch with his eyes closed. You know, he won't answer questions, but, but there is something about just being invited into a room that can be powerful. And so I think doing that would be one suggestion I would have. Another would be, we started when my kids were older and um, partly because of this one daughter who didn't want to read the whole Book of Mormon, it, it overwhelmed her. Like the thought of it scared her enough that it pushed her away. Yeah. So we started doing family, family scripture study. We were in the Book of Mormon. I would say the chapter we were going to read every night, and I would set a timer for 10 minutes. And everybody read at their own pace individually, quietly, however far you got. And um, everyone was just supposed to pick out one part that stood out to them. And when we were done reading, everyone would go around the room and say their one part. 
that they liked. And then we were done with that chapter that night. If you finished it, you finished it. If you didn't, you didn't. No one was keeping score. We weren't marking it off on a chart, but we were just engaging. And, and Megan might need, might read one to three verses and Grace would maybe read the whole chapter because that's how their minds work. Not because one loves the scriptures more, but just because that's how their mind reads things. So I think like learning what your child does and what their capacity is and saying that is perfect. The scripture can actually teach Megan as much about the gospel as it can teach Grace at her own capacity. You have what, to believe that she wants to engage. So I think it's giving your kids permission to, to embrace the gospel where they are. Oh, you're such a force, Emily. Like yes. you're such a force for good in this way because you, I wouldn't say you buck the trend because I, I know that sounds kind of negative. I'm trying to think of the right <laughs> phrase that I would use, but like you are a scriptorian, but you're not the typical scriptorian that, like you said, the professor, you know, that we think of. And then I think of what does family scripture study look, look like? Well, you've, you've totally turned that on its head on what the traditional scripture study looks like, or what about, you know, reading the scriptures, starting at the New Testament, like you've been very confident to figure this out for you. And I think that is such a message. I just think, wow, how we could bless our own lives and our family's lives if we trusted that God knows everything and that God will teach us through the spirit in our way. How would that change? Come follow me. How would yes. that change scripture study, our parents, yes. the whole gamut. You're brilliant. Yes. Well, I'm not. He is. That's what you have to remember. He oh. is brilliant. If we just lean into him, he knows what to do. And he knows, I mean, there's going to be some kids like the, the cute boy who ate dinner at the kitchen table. That was an 18 month journey, right? Wow. That didn't happen overnight. It didn't fix in one week. And I think God's okay with things that take time. I just think he is. Cause that's the point, right? It's the experience yep. and the journey yep. that we're here for. Oh, our listeners, this is going to be Repeat, repeat mode on the Emily Freeman episode. I love it. Download it. Take advantage. We are going to keep her on the hook of having her take a picture of her bookshelf for you. So I promise that. So I'm going to read just one little testimonial of you. I hope it doesn't embarrass you. Oh, that's um, from one of our followers, just in a way that you've really changed her. I promised her that I would tell her um, for you. And then I have one more little thought for you. She says, I love this woman, all in caps with periods in between. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> this is from Shan, um, Shannon. She says, please just thank her for all that she has done for women all over the world. She has changed my life since she's come into it. She has helped me to love the scripture, love the scriptures, to see God's hand everywhere, and to more actively be a follower of Christ. She is my hero. Oh, hero that is so cute. You that's are doing so nice amazing, amazing work. And we feel so spoiled that we've been able to um, capture you here on The Women With Fire. So if, if we have a few listeners that maybe didn't know who you were, we are so glad we've been able to introduce them to you. How can they connect with you? What, what is the best way for them to see what you're doing and follow you? Like, where do we send them so they can have more Emily Freeman in oh, that's their life? Cute. Okay, <laughs> so I'm on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman. 
And then depending on what they want, if they want to get involved with this with Multiplied Goodness, they should go to multipliedgoodness.com and just join us. Oh, we are having so much fun there. So, and we we're on Instagram also at Multiplied Goodness. So Perfect. Um, that's there. Don't miss this. The easiest way to get involved with some come follow me tips is probably to go to emilybellfreeman.com and then sign up there and then they can find us on Facebook or on YouTube would be the easiest. Um, this is an important thing I learned this week. Make sure you spell bell like beauty and the beast. Very Emily good. Bell, B-E-L-L-E Freeman, because the other Emily Bell Freeman without the E is a site you don't want to visit. So oh, everybody, we're announcing that everywhere. This <laughs> Make sure you put the E in Emily Bell. Okay. Freeman. We will put it in the show notes as well. And we will yes. make sure that we have the E so you can connect with Emily in whatever way fits you for where you're at with your gospel study. So yes. um, I cannot thank you enough. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you yep. so much for being here and being such a force for amazingness in your sphere. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. Yep. <laughs> and I loved being here. And it's so fun to just be part of a community of women that is learning and doing amazing things. It, it really is. It's a marvelous time to be alive. So thanks for joining us with Emily Freeman on the Women with Fire podcast. And we are so excited that you are off on your own quest to rock your scripture study with all the amazing things she's offered us. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women with Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women with Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women with Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women with Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.